3: Hello, dear listener. It's me, James. As you can see, there's no compact dicks this week. Dan's off because his wife gave birth to a beautiful baby boy, so he's busy doing that. Uh, But with Dan off, we didn't want you to miss out on your fix of dicks, so we put together some of the funniest moments from the podcast in a format we're calling Top of the Cocks. You're welcome. Some amazing stories and funny clips in this episode, but I'll let you find out that for yourselves when you have a listen. We may do a few of these and we'd love to hear your favourite moments from the podcast so far. And the best way for you to do that is to head over to at dixpod on Twitter and Instagram and let us know there. And please continue to submit your choices for compact dicks for when Dan gets back over at Dixpod.com slash contacts. In the meantime, enjoy this episode. I hope you enjoy it. Bye. <laughs> The I'm James Deacon and welcome to Desert Island Dicks, the show that sees you marooned on a desert island after a plane crash with the worst people and worst things imaginable. Who they are and why they're a dick is up to you. And here to share their Desert Island Dicks with us today is comedian Ash Friff. Hello. Hi, hi Ash. How are you? I'm brilliant. I'm really good. I almost meant a high comedian then.
4: High comedian. Because <laughs> you said, are you, is it just a comedian now? And I was like, yeah, all right. Yeah.
3: Yeah, just comedian.
4: That is all I am. Here he is, comedian. <laughs> just uh, comedian. Mount- They'll know me from that. If you just say, if you just put on it, comedian, they'll go. Oh, that'll be Ash. Oh, Brick. that'll be Ash. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's comedian. He's the only one. <laughs> Ash,
3: should we dive in? Who's going to be your first choice for your Desert Island Dicks
4: Well, it was an easy choice for the first one. Okay. Um it's my son. Your son? Yeah, straight in. He is a why he you, is a dick. Is he? He's a proper dick. Honestly, your son. Yeah, I've known him for a long time, and he's just not getting any better. Oh my god! He, um, why, he, why, son? It all started. It <laughs> <laughs> all started. You should have seen the mess he made. Of, no, it doesn't matter. No, um, he um, he, when he was one. So this there's a whole list of things that this boy has done. Honestly, okay. you wouldn't fathom it. I don't okay. know if he was a mate. Uh, we wouldn't still be mates. Oh, my God. You know gosh. what I mean? It's that. It's like, you know the guy that when you go out and he always gets pissed and starts fights <laughs> yeah. and you go, oh, I can't hang around with Steve anymore. No. Bell end. <laughs> That's it, yeah. Like, this kid, he's pushing his luck. <laughs> Seriously. When he was one, um, he destroyed the family home. Okay. He cost £86,000 worth of damage. Is this real? Genuine, yeah. £86,000? Yeah, at one years old. What did he do? So he... Um, My ex uh, at the time, uh, we're not together anymore, Mm. uh, won't go into the ins and outs on it, but suffice to say uh, I I was in the right. Um, She she put uh, the shopping on the side, and in the shopping was a 150ml air freshener, like an, uh, an aerosol. Uh, air freshener right and he uh, so I'd gone to football and his mum had gone out and we had a babysitter there and while she was going to warm his milk up in the kitchen he had grabbed this little aerosol and put it on the hob and turned the hob onto one and it warmed it and warmed it and warmed it she made his milk went into the lounge they're sitting there having you know watching Teletubbies or whatever having some uh, having some milk All of a sudden, she hears a noise, goes out into the kitchen, the can explodes. Oh, my God. And the expansion of the gas, it's only 150 mil, but the expansion of the gas destroyed the house. Like It blew the front and back walls off of the house, so they separated from the house. Oh, my God. Every window was broken. (gasps) The loft hatch snapped in half. Tiles fell off in the bathroom. There was a fireball, which burnt things in the kitchen. It singed the babysitter's hair what Flew the patio doors out uh, which is not a euphemism uh, and uh, and so from and then, but my mate who is the babysitter's now husband he phoned me up at football I just literally touched my bum down at the football and he went oh the uh, the glass has blown out on your oven and I That's was like, I was like yeah that can happen don't worry too much okay. he he went okay I hung up the phone and then about a minute later, he phoned back and went, "No, it's it's really bad. You're oh, gonna have to come no. home." So I um I drive home straight home from the football. Didn't watch the match, and uh, it was destroyed. Like the uh, from the bathroom, you could see into the into his bedroom, the dining room downstairs, and the kitchen downstairs. It had separated the back of the back wall of the house off. And when they come and investigated it, they found out that the beam that supports through that we were like mid terrace. Yeah. So the beam that supports the house. Uh, there was only two inches of brick holding that on front and back. If that had gone, the whole house would have come down. Oh, my... So, yeah, they'd been dead. That's crazy. It's absolutely mad. But the best thing about it was we'd only made one payment to the insurance company. We paid £13.60... And they paid out fully eighty six thousand pounds. We had to move out for six months while the house was rebuilt. They like, took the front and back off, rebuilt it up, and yeah, uh, we got the you know we got a lovely new house out of it. it was, that is it unbelievable. Yeah, that is mad. That's uh, that's scratching the surface, a little prick. Honestly, though, <laughs> so it's it's, it's <laughs> Can gone Can I on unpack
3: a few things from that though?
4: Yeah, go for it. Yeah, please. How is a one-year-old
3: getting an aerosol, putting it on the on the hob and turning it on?
4: <laughs> well, that's what social services said. But no, um, <laughs> he—it um, was just you know he was standing and walked he, he was maybe. He you know, one and a few months, I guess. So yeah. he uh, was standing and could manoeuvre around with yeah. lightning hands. So oh, he's my. got the devil in him, possessed, genu- that, genuinely possessed. That, that is insane. But he...
3: Um, that is one of the most mental stories i All I've of ever. the
4: neighbours come running out because it was like a bomb going off.
3: Right, so All okay. of the neighbours
4: were out, you know, the fire brigade, the police were there. <laughs> um, but uh, a funny thing is as well, we... Um, we had um forensic scientists come to find the cause, cause. We didn't know what the cause of it was straight away. Mm. Uh, all of the cupboards blew off in the kitchen. So the kitchen where it happened was just a mess. Everything had come off the walls. And the uh, forensic scientist come in to find out the cause of it. And he had just been to a fire just up the road, a house fire. And so we had this sort of carpet through the hallway. And as he walked in, he just trod these sort of silvery ash footprints through the floor. And then he looked back at the mess he'd made. He went did I just do that I went yeah you you did he (laughs) went yeah that all happened in the explosion (laughs) so we got all of that redone everything was redone moved into like a shiny new house like it was incredible so for all the bad he did we did get you know the best yes, okay. renovation of all time. Uh, yeah, yeah. The insurance company brilliant though because they just. Um, I phoned them up and they were just like, "Don't worry about it. Just uh, we'll put you up and send us the bill." So everything that was damaged, they we just bought all new stuff and they we sent them the bill and they just paid for it. So That's incredible. It was amazing. They were incredible. To be fair to them, but, um, but your son did this. He did it, and I know that he meant it as well.
3: Yeah, you you know that he did it with spite.
4: Still got a little thing in his eye. You know, every now and again, he's just still got that little thing in his eye. <laughs>
3: And here
5: to share their Desert Island dicks with us today is broadcaster, comedian, writer and
2: podcaster, John Holmes. Everyone's a podcaster now, aren't they? Have yeah. you noticed recently how that has been added to everybody's CV that you've ever met? Yeah. You know, a guy comes around your house uh, and he goes, so what's the problem? You go, oh, I've got a, a leaking tap. And he goes, right, I'm a plumber, also a podcaster. And that <laughs> happens now. It's yeah. people, everyone can do it. So yeah, here we are. I mean, it's about it's just a given, you might as well say. It is a
5: Human slash podcaster.
2: You might as well. It might just be the catch If John just said, yeah, I identify as a podcaster, <laughs> it would cover everything, and all those problems and arguments from the various lobbies yeah. <laughs> would go away. So, uh, during another stint of presenting, uh, our, this time on XFM Breakfast, mm-hmm. right, uh, and as you'll know, if you're, you're presenting a radio show, you often have to go to Junkets to interview A-list celebrities about their films, yeah. okay? So, big Hollywood stars, and you get maybe, I don't know, seven allocated minutes with a room full of PRs and the star, and you wait outside in a corridor to queue up, uh, and then you're wheeled in as somebody from, I don't know, Five Live or whatever, where Mm. it's just wheeled out. It's your turn with this star, who, of course, I get, right, they are, as part of their contract to promote this film, are sitting in a hotel suite, you know, bored out of their minds saying yeah. the same thing over and over again about this film.
5: And they're quite they're very rigorously maintained time wise, aren't they? There's like it's sort of meticulously you know, as soon as one's out, the other one's in. So it's, it's not always I mean it's sort of I can imagine it, it just breeds hostility on their part yeah. because they probably just feel like a cog in a massive That's machine. Exactly don't they? right. But they're the centre cog, right? Mm. They're the big name. They are paid
2: a lot of money. Yeah. Right, in order to make a film and then promote it as part and, and to promote a film At least be enthusiastic about it. At least give something to the poor sod (laughs) presenter who's got to come in, you know, across town or whatever and sit in a corridor for an hour waiting for seven minutes with you. And if that's happening, you should put some effort in, I think. Yeah, I think that's that's, only fair. Because you're selling their bloody film for them Yeah. as well. You're then going to go, oh, we've got so-and-so on the programme today and he's talking about or she's talking about
5: whatever it is. And, you know, at the end of the day, however much that might be an an exhausting, tedious thing to do for you, the film star, you could still have the option of taking six months off to live in one of your houses with your family. Also, you're
2: an actor. Act. You don't don't have to like it. (laughs) Just do some fucking acting. So, anyway, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Wow, Big Arnie. Yeah. Controversial. Big Arnie, big dick. (laughs) Um, it wasn't that kind of hotel suite meeting. Um, <laughs> is he controversial? Wow. Did, you, did you? I mean,
5: do you, you have an impression of him already? I no, I don't know. I mean, I think I say controversial because I think he's a popular figure. Yeah. I don't know if anyone. I don't know if I have an idea of whether he'd be nice or not. He's not. You know. <laughs> okay. Now I have an idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, look. Here's what happened. Okay. But I mean, there's a lot of people that you kind of go. Yeah, we love his films, but famously a dick. With Arnie, I think he's sort of managed the public persona, he's yeah. managed to sort of. He's fairly neutral, isn't he? And it's, it's almost a bit of a cult figure, you know. I think you're right. I think mm. you're right. And he became governor
2: of California, didn't he? With, <laughs> you Because know, he's got charisma, mm. you know. But So here's what he did, right? So I uh, got wheeled in for my seven minutes, okay? And the PR said, uh, Mr. Schwarzenegger, uh, this is John. Uh, he's from a radio station called XFM here in London. Um, and. Uh, and, and he's, you know, he's, he's next in, like that. And he didn't look up, right, for no reason why he should, right? He was reading a coffee table book, right, off... he just picked it up off the the, the coffee table in this hotel suite. And it was like a big art book, like hardback, proper, big old thing. Uh, we, and I can't remember what it was, but, I, you know, big glossy pages, that kind of thing. And he was just staring at it, you know, on his lap. And she said again, I'm a got uh, I've got John from... He was probably thinking, "Oh, it's that bloke Williams doesn't like." I'm not <laughs> <talk to> him. <laughs> Um But he, but he, he didn't. Again, he didn't look up. And I thought, well, he might, he, he might be hard of hearing. I don't know. He's been around a lot of explosions in his yeah, time. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Precisely. He's fired bazookas off <laughs> his shoulder. Yeah. And that's the shoulder with the ear nearest to me. So we can forgive <laughs> yeah. him that. So I thought, OK, that's, yeah, that's fine. And anyway, he's, you know, he's probably a bit jaded. He's been doing this all day. I'm the 25th person <laughs> to do this today. So I sort of wandered over, because then you, know, you have to sit next to him to do the interview while the producer's just sort of plugging in microphones. Mm. And I stood directly in front of him and i and, I, and I, I didn't say Mr Schwarzenegger, yeah, I thought know, I'm not going down that route yeah uh, you know I, uh, so I, and I didn't say Arnie because I thought that's a bit familiar, yeah. so I went with Arnold safe ground, you'd think What is his name <laughs> well that's what I think <laughs> uh, I said no, Arnold I'm John, it's really nice to meet, you. and I held out my hand right to shake now this is pre coronavirus, obviously this yeah. a while ago, so there's no reason why I shouldn't have shaken my hand hmm.
5: um
2: and it, he didn't look up now I'm standing in front of him, right in front of him, I mean. Not a foot away, okay? Wow. The book is on his lap. I am now between the coffee table and his lap, and he's still staring at this book, all right? And I, and I, I said, I said, I said, oh, really nice to meet you. I'm John. Nothing. He then pointedly turned one of the pages of the book. Wow. Right? And I was like, this is weird. What's going on? So I thought, well, and my hand's still, still <laughs> outstretched <laughs> in that awkward way. So that well, I can either retract my hand. Or, I could do what I did, which was to put my hand between the book and his face. (laughs) reaching across. So, he was literally then staring at my hand. Oh, man. At that point, he didn't take it. At that point, though, he looked up and just stared at me. Wow. To the point where I thought, that's quite intimidating. I'll probably (laughs) sit down. So, I sat down. Now, that's not a good start, is it? And then I thought, okay, well, the intro, I've got seven minutes... So what I, lo- what I like to do when I'm interviewing, a, a, you know, a Hollywood type, I don't actually want to pile in talking about their film because I know they're bored of that. Mm. So I'll come in with something else I've found out or, you know, standard yeah. operating technique, mm. isn't it? So I started by telling you. I said, I said okay, X-Men Breakfast with Arnold Schwarzenegger and um, and he, uh, he's he got this film to promote, but, uh, but never mind that, um, let me tell let me tell you this, and he thought he was looking at me by now because you know that 's mm. fine there's p arse all sitting around as they do, and I, I said a friend of, I told him a story back where a friend of mine went for a job once, a madam to swords, okay, and um didn 't get the job, but after the interview went outside for a fag at the, in an alleyway at the back um, where uh, or somewhere out the back where they were kick, chucking out a load of old Waxworks, right. right? And just stuff, right? And he, he nicked Arnold's old head, right? And this, I mean, this is years ago. Uh, and then he left it on, on a tube. He left it on the circle line. Wow. So I told Arnold that story because I thought it was funny. Yeah. And just said, so somewhere, Arnold, your head is going round and round the circle line. That's quite a funny story yeah, yeah. that you think he could have interacted with, right? Yeah. You know, you know, he could have said, it's going round and round, it'll be back, or something. Anything! <laughs> yeah, just... Anything on! I'm giving it to you on a plane here! <laughs> but no, he just stared at me, didn't say anything, looked over at the PR, and just shrugged his shoulders, as if to say, what the fuck is this going on about?
6: Wow.
5: Yeah. And wow. I mean, none of, what's, what I keep thinking is... None of this behaviour had started from anything you've done. You no, know, like you've just walked in. I and and maybe I'm just happened. that kind of person. <laughs> I mean, I don't
2: know. And then, but then, so we did. We did it, and I gave up doing anything different. I just said, "Oh, tell me about the film." And he went, "Yeah, the film is with guns, and the thing, <laughs> right?" And and that's fine. And then I got you know five minutes yeah. of of just every single line he'd said and rehearsed that I heard in every interview that he did across that. PR period so I went back to to work and mm-hmm. said to the producer I said we're not using that shit it's boring uh, 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 unless we I tell this story mm. and we pitch shift his voice up to be that of a chipmunk um, and, and then we play that out yeah okay and, and he went yeah I said like, yeah it's fine that's funny uh, I said because you know I reserve the right to make him entertaining given he was so boring yeah I think that's fair my, my right. show Do I yeah. like? right. anyway so we did now and it was it did Ha ha, funny, on Twitter, right? Mm -hmm. And then someone added him in. (laughs) Yeah, let's just say, right, since that moment, I am now no longer invited to any Arnold Schwarzenegger junkets or interviews. And even though he's been back a couple of times since with different films, I have been pointedly told by the film company
5: that Mr. Schwarzenegger does not require (laughs) me to come in. I think in terms of your life and sanity, you've probably done yourself a favor by being blacklisted by Arnie there.
7: Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting.
1: Go to your happy
0: place For a happy price Go to your happy
1: price price Priceline
3: And here to share their Desert Island dicks with us today is Absolute Radio broadcaster and host of the Game Week podcast, Matt Dyson.
6: Hello there. How are you, Deco? I'm fine. The Archdeacon of dicks. <laughs> Finally, he's invited me on. Excellent. Thank I'm, you. I've been waiting for this moment for a long time. <laughs> I've been looking forward to it too. Finally, our, our, our schedules have aligned. I'm here, I'm, I've got dicks in hand and I'm ready to go. No problem. All right, let's dive in. Who's going to be you first, Dave? Uh, first up, I think I'm going to go with uh, anyone who is on A Millionaire's Housewife's TV show. Have you seen oh, that any of these? so good. Have you seen any of these? Uh, give us some examples. My wife watches them constantly, right? Oh. This is part of the reason I hate them so much. We had to get a special uh, sort of content provider called Hey You on our telly so she could watch all the latest ones. They're all around the world, right? It's like... Um, Basically, it's uh, rich women yep. with plastic surgery yes. all over their faces and bodies <laughs> yeah. getting together to get drunk and argue with each other uh, yeah. and hate each other. And it is horrible, horrible television. And they're all over the world. They started off just in America, like in Atlanta or yes. LA, uh, Beverly Hills. Now there's one in, There's one from Cheshire, I believe. There's oh, right, They're yeah. in Australia, they're mm. in Melbourne, and they're all exactly the same, <laughs> the exact same formula every single time. The <laughs> rich women covered in plastic surgery give them some wine and watch them all fall out
3: wow so you're talking specifically about the real housewives of the real
6: housewives ha- that's it that's them the real housewives of Beverly Hills of wherever or of Melbourne or, yeah. or anywhere there's loads of them and it's horrible that sort of series of programmes is ridiculous oh it's crazy but nothing actually happens no absolutely nothing they just get together they really they live their opulent lifestyles yes and then complain about each other and how much they hate each other that seems to be it well, What's the draw? Why are people watching it? I don't know. I've tried to get to the bottom of why Katie watches it, and like she just likes to watch women argue. She just likes to see what they're arguing about, how they conduct arguments, how they bitch about each other behind their backs. Right. (laughs) It's sort of in a way, sometimes when I watch it, I feel myself almost getting dragged in, but I I correct myself and say, What the hell are you doing? It's just, it's not just the women on the show, it's the way they do the show. So on these American shows, they're always teasing. Teasing ahead for mm. something. So they're saying, Welcome to The Real Housewives. This is coming up later. Oh, there's a woman with plastic surgery who just <laughs> bitched about her friend. And then and then they go, And then that's coming up later. Now we'll start here. And then going into a break, they say, That's coming up later. Don't forget about that. Right. And then after the break, that thing happens. And then after that, they tease back to it and go, Remember that thing that happened? It's all just filler. Oh it's filler. It's, it's, I don't know how long an episode is. Um, I think it might be an hour with adverts and just constant teasing ahead <laughs> and teasing backwards because nothing happens. Nothing of real interest happens.
3: So when you're watching on these things, are you getting it just straight from... Is it like a stream from Rekha? You get all their adverts? Or they cut I think all that stuff out.
6: It's on normal TV. So, yeah. No, it's right, with all right. adverts. okay adverts and everything. So, yeah, that's all. And it's just the constant... The way they do They do it on Ramsey's TV kitchen nightmares as well. Yes. It's all just filler. nothing actually, Very little actually happens. And they're just constantly building up to it or talking back about it. It's full of filler. And not, not even their faces. Their faces are full of filler. <laughs> yeah. And the TV show yeah. is just filler. Yeah. Absolutely zero thriller. The stuff they talk about. I mean, they, they argue about all sorts of stuff about how they hate each other. And, and one of the things, I heard this uh, phrase for the first time ever. Scrotox. What's that? Do you know what that is? No. It is because they're so obsessed with injecting stuff into their faces. They now have moved on to their husband's gonads. No. their, Their husband's scrotum gets uh, Botox put in it what so thought? it's smooth it? and no. wrinkle-free. Like, who's ever cared about the state of their scrotum? <laughs> I'm quite happy with my wrinkly ball bag, thank you. It's never going to need any work. <laughs> Who even sees it? Who sees it?
3: It's like they've gone for the name because it works and then worked backwards. Right, yeah, <laughs> right. Right. We've done
6: Botox, now what next? Um, <laughs> scr- uh, leg sc- scrotum. Yeah. I don't know how I went from legs to just, scrotum. Just, should Stick it in ball sacks, yeah. <laughs> Do they want it? No. No, no one wants it. I can't imagine a man wanting it. Who's are you constantly s- got their ball bag on display? On it, are you seeing people with scrotox? No, they just talk about it. Oh, you know? OK. <laughs> okay. Don't, you don't see the injection. You do. I think you do see them having plastic surgery, the aftermath and all that. wow. But it's just such an insane world, a completely different world to my own, but one that I want nothing to do with and yeah. never want to meet anyone from. They're all such odious people, man. It's just disgusting. There's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's from so everything weird. that
3: you've just said i don't even know where to start picking things it's it's a horrible show but when they get plastic surgery do you see them there with like all their bandages and their bruised i've think i seen
6: episodes because often i'm in the background so i see episodes where they are there they've got like the stuff on their nose you know when you have your nose done right and they basically you can look at their faces and you can see everything's been done it's It's madness absolute madness and because they've got loads of money because they're all millionaires. They all keep doing it's it. Like yeah. It's like a oh hobby. It's like a hobby to them. It's something it's, to do, is it? It's crazy, isn't it? I mean, it's bizarre. <laughs> and
5: here to share their Desert Island dicks with us today is comedian Alison Spittle. Hello. Hello. How are you doing?
1: Good, good. I suppose we're all having our own version of uh, Desert Island dicks now the moment with the corona
5: yeah uh, uh, hopefully you can find it a bit cathartic and get stuff off your chest a little bit while you're you're stuck in uh, in lockdown over in ireland
1: oh no i'm living in london oh you're in london if i was in ireland i'd be a lot happier yeah.
5: <laughs> <laughs> and what's going to be your food choice
1: yeah. oh so the food choice is going to be uh, i'd say this you get this a lot uh calamari I hate calamari
5: Calamari Yeah Right
1: Yeah mm. And and I'm talking about the breaded type I think it comes from a memory Where um, I went to Disneyland Paris with my grandparents And it was an all you can eat buffet And I was like happy days I was eight years old mm. The prime My prime I think <laughs> Being an eight year old <laughs> In, in uh, Disneyland And um I picked up what I thought was onion rings sat mm-hmm. down uh the 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 texture still makes me sick to this day like yeah. it's just not nice
5: Yeah it's a very you know? funny it's like if you described it to someone and you weren't allowed to say what it was you're like no try it it's not not a strong taste kind of like rubbery Yeah you know it, it's a weird way to describe things Yeah isn't and
1: it? I just don't like breaded surprises I don't like surprises in my food especially when it's covered in breadcrumbs and uh, I feel like I was lighter Uh, even though I wasn't lighter it was in French it was very clear what it was (laughs) if you spoke French
5: and I suppose as an eight-year-old as well it's very uh disconcerting because when you when you go oh what's this and they say oh don't worry it's a squid I mean that's going to be quite scary to an eight-year-old
1: yeah and then someone came up to me last year and said to me uh no, they didn't come up to me and then start the conversation with Alison. Um, you know they use pork anuses as calamari. Pork anuses. I mean, this came up in a conversation, and then they popped it. Wasn't, it wasn't like a town crier. Yeah, apparently, like um, the pork anuses have been found uh in what was described as calamari rings because they have a similar texture.
5: Wow. But
1: that could be, you know what? Actually, the when I said that out loud, sounds like a lie. I'm just going to quickly <laughs> type in pork anuses. <laughs> into well, this is going
5: to be an interesting Google. search result. See, it's good we're, we're all uh, locked down because if you're doing this at work, I mean, it could lead to a, a whole world of trouble.
1: Oh, the the police would be kicking in my door. I'd be put on a list, wouldn't I? I'd be. <laughs> um, oh, so apparently it's Calamari's modest cousin, the imitation Calamari. <laughs> That has the. Sh- <laughs> <laughs> I'd never want to be known as calamari's modest cousin.
5: Oh, anything's modest cousin. Meet my modest cousin, the pig anus.
1: Pig anus. <laughs> um. Yeah, that's it. It's a calamari. It's a. Is that ca- Oh my. Oh, there's a. There's a. There's a website called "Is that calamari or pig rectum."
5: Wow, a whole website?
1: Oh, no, sorry, it's a, it's an article. Imagine if there was a website called Is That Calamari or Pig Rectum? And <laughs> you could just <laughs> click on it and it would tell you. Yeah?
5: Truly, these are modern times.
1: So, I'd, artificial calamari is a pig pig rectum. So.
5: Wow. Well, I'll tell you what, I mean, I'm going to throw that in there with you as well, I think. You know, imagine yeah. if you don't like one, you're probably not keen on the other. <laughs>
1: So I get a choice, like a buffet of either calamari or pig wrecked
5: Well, I thought the worst thing would probably be to be like a big lucky dip, and you don't know which one you're going to get.
1: <laughs> like, like a really horrible version of Revels. Yeah.
3: Like really... <laughs> wow. Hmm. And here to share their desert island dicks with us today Is Mark O'Sullivan and Miles Chapman Actors, writers and creators of Lee and Dean Hello Hello, how are you doing? Thank really good, you. thank you Yeah, very well Yes, a pleasure uh, Thank you so much for coming in Bear Wait, with... can
7: I just tell you yeah. Miles referred to the show earlier as desert island desks Desert island desks By mistake, imagine
8: that Yeah. Yeah. That that had quite a limited appeal. So you go, oak will be my. Yeah. Yeah, Or black ash. Black ash. Black ash with tubular. Yeah. uh, Sort of. Use good. Use a pretty wood. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you
3: Yeah. Where's where's your knowledge of uh, of desks come from?
7: Oh it, just general everyday life. Yeah, just yeah.
3: general desk, ge- yeah. desk. You have a small use. collection in your loft. I love
7: I love a desk.
3: <laughs> I mean I felt I felt like I'd gone fairly niche, but uh Desert Island desks is a whole new
8: yeah,
7: angle. Like <laughs> Desert, Desert Island docks where you mention your favourite docks. Yes or least
8: favourite dock. Yeah. Uh,
7: I'm gonna go Albert in Liverpool. Uh, De- Desert Island Dogs? I'm gonna go Mm, I don't know
8: okay. um, Folkestone
7: Folkestone Is there a dock at Folkestone? Yeah Of course there is Boats go from there all the Absolutely, time Absolutely yeah I mean, Probably in just saying boats I've really upset someone Because they're probably not boats But are these the docks That you want
3: to keep Or are they uh, Your favourite docks Or your least favourite docks
7: I haven't got that far to No know. okay fair I'll enough be, Yeah I'll be honest
8: I like Liverpool docks yeah. Liverpool docks It's very It's good down there
3: It's, it's, it's fancy all, around there
7: yeah, now Yeah it,
8: it's very, Yeah it's
7: very fancy now um, um, Alright You're <laughs> you working for them <laughs>
3: Yeah. <laughs> Mark and Miles, now mercifully among the wreckage of the plane, there was some food and drink left over, but mm-hmm. unfortunately for you, it's your least favourite food and drink in the world. What
8: are they and why are they so bad?
7: You're going to talk about your f- least favourite meal, aren't you?
8: I am. Now, Miles. A good, good follow on from Mark. Very kindly said I'm a, an excellent cook and I do enjoy. Didn't mean it. Thank you. <laughs> I do enjoy. Really good food, simply put together. And okay. I'm a, not an obsessional cook, but I enjoy cooking a lot. He is a nice. And, and when I get a, a terrible meal, it puts me in a terrible mood. Um, my worst meal, unfortunately, I'm going to have to lay uh, firmly on the doorstep of my wife, Jill. <sighs> this is dangerous. Yeah. And I did speak to my wife about this tomorrow and said, okay. are you okay with me saying this? She said, it's fine. She did sort of laugh oh, it. Oh, that's the
7: answer you want, isn't it? It's
8: fine. It's fine. <laughs> Do what you want. Uh, you will anyway. If promote the show miles? You Fine. will anyway, yeah. um, So, she has uh, a meal called a must-go meal. What's a must-go meal? Right, so you're, you look intrigued. So, yeah. Jill occasionally, about once a month or every couple of months, open the fridge and go, oh, there's so much stuff in it, we're not going through. She calls it a must-go, an M-U-S-T. A must-go meal. A must-go. Meal. So, a must-go is getting all sorts of things out the fridge that A, don't go together, B, are on the wire of best before. Okay, yeah. And you just get this just really a bleak, vile smorgasbord of nonsense on the table that no one really wants. So you get if like... that
7: was an uh, a that <laughs> yeah. would be the description of an oblique, vile smorgasbord, smorgasbord Well, that's what it's
8: like. So you get like a roast potato three days old and a bit of coleslaw and some cheese that's kind of on the way. <laughs> some yeah, salad yeah. that if you pick around enough yeah. you find a couple of leaves that are just about edible. And it just puts me in such a... Be- and she goes, I hope you don't mind doing a must go. My heart... Oh. <laughs> sinks, it absolutely sinks. I quiche, I can't stand shop-bought quiche. That puts me in a terrible mood. Oh, I love a shop I can't quiche. stand shop-bought quiche. Well, I've gone for hours about food I can't stand. Jacket potatoes and coleslaw. Fuck you that! I can't stand it. <laughs> There's so much I can't bear. So
6: strong a I do, reaction. I I get
8: really passionate about food. I can't bear. You don't like a jacket potato with coleslaw? No, it's just awful. What would awful. you have in a jacket potato? Uh, just butter and cheese. Can oh, I recommend
7: you never go to a garden centre? No, yeah, so. to yeah. uh, we, We've we've um,
8: we've been a couple of times. We go. That's a garden centre. It's a depressing place to eat. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, a must. Yeah. Jill's must go meal. Imagine is, having a date in a garden centre cafe. Yeah. So, so here's another one. So just adding off, just have a date to mention that as your jacket. Very nice. Might get in bulbs later.
7: I really like your face.
8: <laughs> uh, so I, um, yeah, that reminds me. That's the other sort of food I can't stand, which is a must-go. A follow-on from that is, you know when someone says, oh, everyone bring a dish to a party, yeah, and yeah. everyone just brings the same shit. You end up in about... Twenty quiches, twenty <laughs> yeah. flaffles, yeah. twenty packs of as the donuts. Twenty—it's uh, all the same nonsense. Well, of so those basic dips. Yeah, yeah. one oh. of those little
3: packs of of tiny little three different types of hummus. I mean, in, yeah. in, a, in a tower. Yeah. yeah, it's just
8: oh, I hate it. Yeah. I can't bear. I can't bear a, a meal that has no place to be on the same plate. It's no mm. seven, It doesn't speak to each other. I find that. You don't like, Yeah, do food
7: speaking to each other. It does.
8: You know, like oh, sorry, I'm to about ponce here, but you know, ingredients sort of. Connect, and you know, we have a meal that doesn't do that. I get very wound up. <laughs> Sorry, Mark. You've, <laughs> You've really painted a picture of yourself
7: here. Yeah, isn't I You were Mars and his connecting
8: food. <laughs> that could be a board game. I might speak to Palatine. Can one. I just say
7: now? It couldn't be a board game because it's a shit idea. Miles is
8: connecting food.
7: The twiglets with. <laughs> so
8: get connect twiglets with
5: the bin. <laughs> <laughs> And here to share their Desert Island dicks with us today is DJ and radio and TV presenter Bobby Friction. How are you doing?
0: Hello, Dan. I'm so happy to be discussing uh, dicks with you, of all people. Let's get amongst um... the dicks, bro. Let's get amongst them dicks right now. (laughs) Uh, We'll get stuck into some dicks.
5: (laughs) Uh, Good. Well, I'm glad you're up for it today. Okay. and who, who would be your third choice to go on the island with you?
0: All right, the Sheriff of Nottingham. Sheriff of Nottingham, nice. And a particular Sheriff of Nottingham, not the one from Robin Hood. The Sheriff of Nottingham, who was the Sheriff of Nottingham when I went to Nottingham Trent University. Okay. This bastard came for me, and I've never (laughs) forgotten.
5: Really? Talk us through it. This is extraordinary.
0: All right, so the Sheriff of Nottingham, I ended up going to uni, uh, and I've, I've mashed up my first year of uni. You know, I didn't really go to any lessons and all that stuff. So anyway, to cut a long story short, the Sheriff of Nottingham was also a lecturer lecturer on my course at uni so <laughs> i used to get and, and he was the main lecturer the main guy and i did a communication studies degree and so he was also the sheriff and what happened was uh, i didn't really go to that many lessons he obviously thought i was a bit of a, a dick weirdly <laughs> enough seeing as, as we're talking about dicks he thought i was a massive pulsating dick i mean I did wear ridiculous clothes i'd wear makeup <coughs> into class i'd ask stupid questions about race which wasn't being discussed then and then on top of that i didn't do any of my homework mm-hmm. then the first gulf war happened all right so war in iraq and um we loved it me and my me and my friends my close group of friends for us it was our 1968 moment do you know <laughs> what i mean And this was the early 90s mm. for us, it was like yeah, it's like Vietnam, bruv, you know, come on, let's do this. We're gonna, we're gonna protest against this war. So the night the war started, and I think it, uh, you know, like America invaded Iraq. This is when Saddam Hussein was in power. Mm. Um, I look back now and I'll, I'll admit, it's toe-curlingly embarrassing, all right? <laughs> what we did was we, we blasted, give peace a chance from John Lennon, John and Yoko, yeah. Out of our windows, uh, from one o'clock in the morning till six o'clock in the morning, on 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 University Land, where there were lots of halls <laughs> of residence, uh, and we played again and again at full volume, and then possibly someone—don't ask me how—may have introduced LSD into the situation. <laughs> <laughs> and all I remember after that is like kind of coming to my senses at about. in the morning, seeing lots and lots of students going to their 9 o'clock lectures and looking at us and scowling at us and me realising I was in my pyjamas and underpants, as were (laughs) my friends, and that there was a big, big banner made out of hastily stitched together uh, (laughs) bedsheets saying, give peace a chance, hanging from our halls of residence. Amazing. So we retired (laughs) into, into my bedroom and... I don't know how this happened, but whilst we were, I'll just admit it, tripping off our tits, (laughs) the door opened and the sheriff from Nottingham walked (laughs) with this really red, angry face and just launched into a tirade about destruction of property. We didn't deserve to be on our, you know, degree courses. He was gonna be speaking to the bursar to see if we could pay for the damage. He was thinking of calling the police. And in the middle of this tirade, he just looked over at me and went, you're one of mine, aren't you? You! You're one of mine! As in, I was one of his students. And I kind of went, Nyee! and um, that was it. After that, I never went to his class again. Every time he saw me, uh, on, he would, uh, uh, on, the, um, on university property, he would scowl. His face would go red and he'd be grunting and, and, and moaning with hate against me. And I remember at that time thinking, look, all I did was possibly drop acid during the first Gulf War and destroy university property. I didn't do that much. Oh, and I didn't go to any of your lessons. And um, <laughs> the only way to psychologically survive this entire episode was to paint myself as some kind of latter-day Robin Hood to everybody. So, <laughs> fuck the Sheriff of Nottingham, fuck him and his merry men and all his bastards with, with and all the people he, he had ranged up against me, fuck off back to Sherwood Forest, fuck off you <laughs> did. You're not, not crashing in this plane with me.
5: That is extraordinary, God, I mean, I don't think I can better the sentence and standing there was the sheriff of Nottingham. I mean that's superb. <laughs> <laughs>